Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk, brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. The title of this podcast sums it up best, Television Royalty and Industry OG. One of the original big ticket interior builders in the nation is our next guest and has been featured on dozens of different auto-themed television shows, hundreds of magazine covers, has won design awards from General Motors, Ford, and Mazda, worked with countless big-name celebs like Courtney Hansen, Chip Foose, and Jesse James. Revo Reeves of Stitchcraft Interiors in California has been at the top of the auto interior game for almost three decades. His work is not just car-specific, Revo's always been on the cutting edge of design and automation, and we're going to dive into all of that shortly. NC Shop Talk welcomes in world-famous shop, Stitchcraft Interiors, California, owner, operator, (laughs) and also my boy, Revo Reeves. Welcome to the show, big guy. Hey, man. How you doing, Mal? Good, buddy. No one could see what's happening here, but he's making faces and throwing his hands up in the air as I'm reading the intro. So I, I got distracted a little bit. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, you know, not a lot of people know how these relationships grow and how they blossom over the years. And to be honest, I'm not entirely sure, but I know we became fast friends, got to be about 10 years ago. Do you remember how it all started? With our relationship? Yeah, me and you, because I don't remember 100. I know what I remember, but I don't know if that was the beginning. Oh, I needed sewing machines. Okay, so I was right. Yeah. I thought maybe we met at SEMA in 08. With all the concussions I've had, I've got all kinds of particles floating around in and out of that brain. But uh, I do remember it. Um, you called me out of the blue and we talked whew, for a while. And then for a couple of weeks, I didn't hear from you. Then next thing I know, call again. And you asked me for my cell phone. I said, all right, so I got to go home. I can't stay in the office and talk. I got to get out of here. So I closed up the shop. We talked on my cell phone the whole ride home. Nothing, no order, no nothing. I'm thinking, geez, this is a couple months here. And uh, and it went on a couple different times and we're talking and I'm thinking, you know, I don't think it took me this long to sell anybody a sewing machine before, but the entire time, Revo's feeling me out. I'm guessing to see if he liked me, if what I had to say, if I was going to contradict myself. You know, he was gung-ho on ordering that long arm and I'm sure he had other options in California where you'd have to pay shipping and someone close by, but he went with me and trusting me as a friend was big because we became friendly before we sent the machine. We must've talked at least four or five times over the course of, uh, you know, all those months. Long story longer. Did I give you enough good answers? No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our, our first decision was whether to get a single needle or a double needle. I think we started with a double needle thinking we'd just pull a needle out, but we always have more than one person on a machine. So closely after that, we ordered the other machine. Yeah. We're talking, you're trying to talk you out of it too, because it's not good to run, run a double, double with single for obvious right. reasons. But um, in addition to your, the reason you just gave. So, you know, all these years later, 10 years later, whatever it is, you have three or four long arms from us, as well as a Skyver and uh, you know, God knows what else supplies, et cetera. Hopefully a binder on the way. <laughs> Another machine. Uh, we'll take yeah. it. I appreciate that. I want to do something a little different with this interview. And I don't, I'm not sure why, maybe because of how close we are, but 
I'm not going to get my psychologist on, but maybe tap into my inner Oprah Winfrey here. Tell us about your childhood, how you grew up, and maybe some events or things that shaped you and maybe specifically into the uh, you know car guy that you are. Probably uh, freshman year high school, uh, there was a class offered for upholstery. So I took that class. We did an interior in a 70 Chevelle, entered it in a show, got first place interior. And I was pretty amazed um, at uh, how easy that was for me. Uh, the plan at the time was uh, me and my brother were doing cars and uh, he took auto body and paint. And uh, so he was doing the outside. I was doing the inside. Wow. And this is in high school. So you're beating adults in high school. Yeah, we were we were we were busy on that game. Uh, you know, Camaros were big back in the day in my high school. Um, I said we had a Chevelle. It was our first car. And from there, you know, we built hundreds of cars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're out there working. I'm playing sports. Uh, I work too, but just in the summers and, you know, things like that and weekends. But I mean, you were working full time doing interiors. You're working full time. Right. Wow. And that was freshman year in high school. And graduated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. So that's, you're 15 years old, basically making, making car interiors. Right. All right. What machine did you have? Did you borrow one? Did they let you use one at school? Yeah, Scrock, they had uh, console machines. Okay. About 15 of them. Yeah. So they let you have Adam. That's great. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, those of you don't that don't know Revo, and it's gonna come, it's gonna translate and come across in this interview. He's literally had 12 lifetimes wrapped into one, and he's not even done. He's I don't know what, 57 years old. So fresh out of high school, you started working your first job, you told me was at Northrop Grumman, right? Right. So what was this work environment like? Top secret NASA stuff? Uh, you know, what was going on over there? Yeah, it was uh, what they call Black World. It was a B-2 bomber program. So it was, a, it was an interesting job. Um, you know, I thought that uh, eventually I would uh, retire from there. But um, there came a time where I just went for a voluntary layoff and um, continued to do stitch craft full time. Well, I think it worked out all right. Did they want you into like a technical program based on the way you thought? I mean, you're a super creative guy. I mean, what was the process that you were thinking of going there? Where were you, where were you heading before the auto? Um, at Northrop? Yeah. Did you, did you like have aspirations to be a engineer there or what were you thinking? Uh, my job classification was industrial plumber, senior journeyman. So that was kind of the road I was taking as far as professional world and Stitchcraft was just, you know, playtime at the, at the time. Right. Um, quickly grew into just way more than what I could even imagined. And as everybody knows, back then, you know, hiring people was much easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot less hoops to jump through no matter what it was. Uh, no matter what it is now, now it's, forget it. It's yeah. all red tape and hoops and, and nonsense with just about everything. We get a lot of aircraft business and a lot of the aircraft companies that contact us, they want to buy surging yarn, machines, whatever they're getting from us. Hey, can you send me a certificate of compliance on this product and that product? And when I was younger, in my early 20s, I would just do it every single one. And it was tedious and time-consuming because I thought I had to. Now, I send them a blank form. I have at it. Fill out all the blank forms, all the rubber stamps you want. Here's my right. signature. You can use it every time. Have a blast. Because right. you can't do business if you're doing paperwork 24-7. No. Right. Yeah, yep. cool. I'm going to steal 
a segment from my favorite all-time television network, ESPN. I'm going to give you some did you know Revo statements. And uh, <laughs> there's some doozies in here. So just have fun with it. And I, But I want you to shed some light on each one for us, okay? All right, sure. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go big right out of the gate. This is my favorite. Probably gonna be one of my favorites. Everyone's gonna drop to the floor because I don't think everyone knows this. Your the jaws are definitely gonna drop on this. But I'm gonna give the caveat until I see proof. I'm gonna haze you about this for the rest of our lives. Ready? Sure. Did you know Revo had a 10 year modeling run where he appeared on billboards, calendars and even made it into a GQ magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, GQ plenty of times. And uh, yeah, I actually started at age 16. And uh, my last job was uh, a calendar called 1994 Men back in 1994. That was a lot longer than 15 years, but it was very lucrative business, easy business. And um, I was able to... uh, you know, make all the uh, appointments and auditions and, and handle all that with ease. It was a very simple business back then. But I mean, what the heck were you doing for GQ? I mean, just like ads. I was in uh, ads for like merry-go-round and all kinds of, you know, I did a lot of print work, not just uh, <laughs> runway stuff. Wow. That's amazing. Like, like, like banana hammock layouts. What are we doing here? There was one article with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Speedos. Oh my God. Are you you serious? You will never see that. No. (laughs) (laughs) I got as my witness. I had that plan to say something about banana hammocks. I didn't know where it was going to come up, but, uh, and speedo actually comes up later in the, in the episode. I may have to tweak it on the, on the fly here. So you did ads for speedo. Uh, not for speedo. It was for a, that was a, a photo shoot that was in a, um, a magazine that was actually, uh, me and a girl, a waterfall with the speedo. Oh my God. That's amazing. Okay. Second. Did you know, did you know that Revo was a professional drummer at one point? Another one of your 12 lives. Oh my God. He's flashing me. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Revo. I, I'll be honest. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a picture of Revo here and I, I'm, I'm aroused. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Look at you. You stud. Yeah. He was making pretty good money back then. That a boy as a, as a fitness model. So I don't know. I don't That's know incredible. That's incredible. I had no idea happened. all these years. You never told me not that I'd ever come in conversation, but that's amazing. Oh my so, God. Look at you. We're going to have to get a hold of those somehow, some way we're going to have to do a promo. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it's, it's horrible. Is that why you asked me for, if we're, are we recording the, the, uh, the video on this thing? No. Cause I move a lot. I move around a lot when I talk. So I, I know, know you need to sit. You're making a boatload of noise. You got to sit still for me. This is going to sound terrible, but you're literally showing me pictures of you half naked in GQ layouts right now, basically in a towel and a speedo. Pay good money. That a boy. The honest, honest work. Your hands. I mean, you could look at dude now. You're stud back then. I mean, Tom Cruise was in trouble if he was in if he was in the same room with you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, of course. <laughs> I'm not shy. You know, I don't hide from anything. Um, okay, so we're going to the second one. What did we do here? Okay, we did that. Here it is. So the drummer. Yeah, Tell us about being a professional up. drummer. Yeah, uh, same thing. You know, I got into drumming at a young age. Um, 
I actually uh, started school military academy before junior high, and they had a drumming program. And then I was in a lot of bands. We did a lot of Battle of the Bands up in Westwood, Hollywood area, and did some jobs on a cruise ship where we got to be the band on a cruise ship. And uh, yeah, it was good times. I just sold my last kit last year. It was about a, uh, no, no, probably about a $6,000 kit. Didn't want to get rid of it, but um, at the end of the day, you know, my drumming days are over, right? Was it a song that you wrote? The music, you wrote the music? Oh, I wrote, yeah, I wrote a lot of songs. Well, yeah. I don't, clarify for me, what did you sell? You sold this this beat? What did you sell? Oh, you sold your drums themselves. Yes, I sold my kit, yes. Oh, your kit. I'm sorry, I misheard. I was so captivated by it, my brain shut off for a second. You sold your drums. Oh. Right. How, what year was it from? What year was the drum set from? Uh, it was a it was a kit that I had custom built from um, a friend of mine used to work at a drum shop mm. and we custom built it and uh, with custom sizes and um, it was a nine piece double bass with uh, thirteen cymbals. Holy cow! So you know that's back in the day when I was drumming a lot. That's where I invented that uh, cymbal polishing machine that I got the patent on, and um, you know I kept my cymbal. I still polish cymbals for people now professionally. Wow. Yeah, I was going to bring up the patent. That's actually the next thing. Did you know that Revo has an award-winning patent? So tell us about the patent. Yeah, so we, um, I built this thing. I, I used my bass drum to build the original cymbal polishing machine. And um, it went to the NAMM show 2017, and it won the uh, Best Product Award. What's the NAMM show? What is that? It's a music music industry show. All the music. NAM? N-A-M-M? N-A-M-M. Yeah. Wow. Does it still go on today? Yep. Holy yeah. cow. So pretty much everything you touch, you do it elite. Elite being in GQ and being a, a model, drummer, and you have a, a, a mechanical patent, essentially. Right. Well, very proud of you. Yeah, my uh, brain stays busy. <laughs> it it uh, does not stop. That's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. And I know he does not, it literally does not stop. Um he's definitely got more energy than most. And here's another thing. I'm just going to ramble because there's so much stuff that you've done and produced and made. It's I'd have to ask 37. Did you knows? but did you know Revo sells and makes custom door panels, iPad cases, center consoles, rear package trays, billet door pulls, speaker rings, mesh grills, theater room, acoustic patterns. Hell, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but he'll even make you a false wall in your house or your business. Ask him. Go ahead. False walls. Oh, we build. You showed me a couple. Amazing things. We build panic rooms. We build studios. Yep. Um, John Stamos's nephew. We just did his uh, music studio in Huntington Beach. He's a drummer as well. We also polish his cymbals. But, you know, that, that business came up about, uh, about 15, 20 years ago. We're doing home theaters and I started doing the acoustical panels at my church. And once I did that, the audio guy reached out to see if we wanted to do uh, some home theaters. And he was the, uh, the rep for, um, I think California, I forget what other States uh, for um, LG. Okay. So, so he was already selling to all these home theater companies. So the next day he took me on seven interviews and got me seven, audio video companies to do all their wall treatments for them. And we had a great, great money-making years until uh, 
you know, things changed with the industry and the market and, and stuff with, uh, what was that back in, um, 2009. Mm, yeah. Everything tanked then. Yep. Yeah. So that was a huge part of our business. I not only made the, uh, room acoustics, but also built the custom bars, light sconces, uh, the columns, you know, we did the, um, starscape ceilings, but yeah, we stayed really busy doing that kind of work. That's ridiculous. That's incredible. You know, there's another product, which he can't really talk about, but did you know, and I think this is my last, did you know, second to last, Revo has another patent pending tool that he's close to bringing to market. You can't tell us a thing about it, obviously. How close are we to bringing this thing to market? Um, obviously, you told me you want to send it my way, take a look at it. I'll, if I can try to help resell them, spread the word, we're all going to hopefully pitch in on that. But when are you bringing this thing to market? This year, next year? Oh, it'll be this year. Um, just waiting for the photos and the drawings to add to the uh, provisional patent. And we've already got working prototypes that we use here in the shop. So I'm hoping uh, just to reach out to some of the guys in our, our little elite group that uh, get them some pairs and let them check them out so I can get some feedback. Good. All right. So this is all, this is auto-related then, completely? Well, it's automotive and also anything to do anything to do with any kind of type of patterning and cutting. Okay. Whether you're making a dressmaker, cutting curtains, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Got it. Okay. Now, this one might make everybody jealous. So, all you energy drink fiends, mm. did you know that Revo has a sponsorship with Rockstar Energy Drink, a lifetime supply of Rockstar whenever he wants it, plus the Rockstar fridge that goes with it? How the heck did that happen? I remember when you told me, and uh, I figured I'd bring it up. So, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff is relationships. A lot of it's place and time, right? And, um, you know, we always just seem to know the right people and be in the right place at the right time. Uh, we've always done work with um, Rockstar. The guy that owns Rockstar Garage, close personal friend of mine, I did a, I did a tribute car for him that he did for the, um, I think it was the Army or the U.S. US Guard. I think it was postcard and um and so he asked me to sponsor the build for him which we did and it, it went to sema i couldn't believe what this kid built it was just amazing and um he ended up doing the licensing agreement with rockstar later on that's where i get most of my product from he's the one that also hooked me up with the big bridge that we have and all the product we've gotten just an amazing amount of product from them and support. Uh, we also do the um, the owner's personal vehicles. They have issues with the way the foam feels in their seats. So they're always having us change the foam, if, even if we're not doing the upholstery, just to make it sit and fit right for them. Wow. All right. Yeah. So so, again, uh, yet another one of your thousand lives here. This... Yeah, I am, a, I am a rock star junkie. I jones for that stuff. And uh it keeps it keeps us moving, you know. We we all drink it here, and um, I'm glad we have their support. Yeah, now most of you interior guys and you know auto related guys are all usually hopped up on it. I know you guys all love it. When I drink it, I, it, I taste good. I just try to stay away. The main thing I stay I got to stay away from Coke and Pepsi and that kind of thing because it's I just can't stop. Once I start, it's over. I had a Pepsi this weekend, and I just only one. <laughs> yeah, but thinking about it since, I usually don't drink it at all, but. 
when I do, it creeps in there. I got I got to have it all the time. I don't think that keeps me from being 7,000 pounds is water. You know, if I start right. drinking, like I eat like an idiot, I forget it. I'll, I'll be in deep trouble. Yeah. I was, uh, for many years, uh, two rock stars a day kind of guy. Mm. Mm. That's nothing. These young kids are slamming them with, you know, every two hours. Right. Going back to the GQ thing. Cause I don't think you gave me enough on it. How did they find you? Did you find them? Were you on set with like a hundred people trying out for the, for the layouts? I mean, give us something to work with. How did it work? No, my first, I was, I was approached actually while I was in line at a bank, just doing some banking and asking if I was interested and I had never considered it. You know, I, I also didn't think I was that guy that was cut out for that either, but, um, I went ahead and, and did the meeting, you know, I'm always open to new things and, um, got hired on a, on a very easy job that paid a lot of money, got to keep the clothes. And then um, there was a magazine that used to be out a long time ago called In Faces. And um, I got in that magazine. I started taking other classes, you know, at uh, professional, you know, acting classes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Thinking maybe my career would go that way. Um, got a book together. My book turned out pretty nice as far as the, uh, the pictures and stuff, you know, that I put together on, on a composite. Um, some of that stuff's pretty strict. I've walked on jobs I thought I had for sure, no problem. And I was asked how tall I was, you know, and I knew the requirement was six foot, but I wasn't six foot. I was 5'11". Mm. So I would say six foot and they'd say, okay, turn around, stand against the door. And they had a little six foot mark on the door. And they'd say, no, you're not. And hand me my book back. They love my book. They love my photos. They love my composite and how everything looked and um, how I looked on print. And, um, but because of one inch, you know, I was turned away from a lot of jobs. So set you packing for one inch. That's ridiculous. Right. Crushed me. But yeah. yeah. Hey, look, dude, you made it to GQ. There is no going any higher than that. You were one of the first people in North America to purchase an automated CNC sewing laser cutting machine. Tell us about that, how it went down. What made you make the the splurge for that? Because when you did it, it was way more expensive than they are now. Right. And um, yeah, and that was, again, that was a different time. And um, I just thought my analogy for that machine was as long as it's working, it's like printing money. Yeah. And I had to have it. I I didn't know how to use it, but I knew I could learn. And um yeah, it's been about 25 years now. And um, I had guys running it for me. But as soon as I learned how to draw in CAD and how simple it was to take drawings from one file to another and simply change them in size, you know, and I could send it quickly to a customer. If they say, oh, can you make this go like this or you know, it's, it's a one minute change back to the customer. Once I get there, okay, then I can make it. I didn't make it first, right? I can't draw, unfortunately, right? And so that machine, um, although, yeah, it was super expensive when I bought it, was was a, a real helpful thing for our company. Yeah, yeah but started, you're uh, doing getting in your, in your brain on this thing. No one else was doing these things, Revo. Nobody. Find me someone else other than maybe like a, 
a monster OEM that was taking the plunge and doing things like this. So, I mean, you were on the cutting edge when you did that. Yeah, I was just, I was also brand new in a, in a, in a, in a big shop in Huntington. It was, it was quite a, quite a bit to take on. I think that shop was about 10,000 square feet and adding that machine, you know, I had the right crew at the time. Like I said, you know, team, team is very important. And I had the right crew, you know, timing, what timing was perfect. And, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, if I was going to be able to pull it off. And, um, but yeah, with, with the guys I had and everybody was happy about it. And once we had that thing running, I, I actually had two meetings with two big manufacturers before I purchased the machine to see if I could do cutting for them. Sure. And, um, one of them was Sav. Uh, they used to make headrests, And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't just purchase it without having work behind it, but I, I oh, made boy. the deal here before, you know, I think we were doing 500 headrests a week to start for them. Wow. And I think wow. at one time we were doing 2,500 a week. They ramped up quite a bit with us until they, you know, just, just finally, uh, I think went overseas with all that stuff. Yeah. Either that or got their own equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they tried to buy mine and they pulled out. They tried to buy my machine from me and they, they lowballed me. If they would have offered me more money, I probably would have took it. And they were right. They said, well, you have all of our patterns on there. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> it's not for sale. <laughs> you know, another company was uh Sparco USA. You know, I, I brought them an idea of making rear seats match their fronts for all these import guys that were buying racing seats, putting them in their cars and their back seats don't match, you know? So I took that to them, like I said, 25 years ago and they were on board with it. I made all the patterns for, I think 20 different seats and two different styles. So that's 40 patterns for back seats. Wow. But yeah, we had a lot of, a lot of good, good things happen with that machine. It brought us a lot of, uh, that's good stuff. A lot of new options. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's good stuff. About five years ago, you get a call from Ford asking you to do a custom interior on one of their fully loaded brand new Mustangs. So, you know, why were they calling and what was it about? Well, they're literally giving him a Mustang, do the interior for us. So how is he getting paid? Keep it. It's on us. Just make sure to drive it around and show it off. <laughs> I, yeah, when you so told me this story, I was floored. I didn't, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I got it right. Cause it was, you know, it was a while, at least five years ago, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Um, pretty close. There's programs available. Like there is for pretty much everything everywhere, you know? And, and, um, I got introduced to it because a lot of the guys I was hanging out with back in the day, they were already part of what they call a dollar program. And so I didn't know what it was. I just knew they had all these brand new cars, bringing them, those cars to me to do all these interiors for them for SEMA. So a couple of them, um, one guy named John from ballistic and another guy named Robert, who was modern image, let me in on the, the little secret of the dollar car program. Mm. So back in 2000 is when I started getting cars from Mazda for a dollar. And I think I got <laughs> four or five cars from, from Mazda. Oh my God. I didn't know that. I won the you know design award with Mazda, and then after Mazda, I started doing cars for Ford, and I got a bunch of cars from Ford, um, dating back to I think '07, with um, Ford Motor Company, 
And the last one I got with them was that orange. The orange one. Yeah, Mustang. And um, they have to like the design. You know, I, I, I give to them my ideas, my concept, my design stuff. A lot of times they would tell me to taper back. They try to, they try to keep me on focus with what they think I do. You know, I would want to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like when they gave me the 2011 Ford Explorer, I wanted to put, you know, Raptor hood on it and do some crazy body mods. They're like, no, you do interior. And so I just stuck with that. But yeah, we, we did a lot of nice cars. Also got Ford Design Award, which is, again, just such such a blessing, right? And then um, 2011, worked with GM, got the, the first convertible Camaro. And um, back when Bob Kern was was still alive and part of that program. But since now, uh, Ford just pulled out. They're no longer doing the dollar program this year, and, and they're not even going to have a booth at SEMA. Right, I heard. They were known for having the largest booth inside and outside. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the Ford inside, and they had the Ford out front. Yeah, Chevy took it over. So, yeah, it'll be my, my first year. This year, probably um, not out there representing for a manufacturer, which is wow. what I enjoy doing. I like making products. Made a lot of products for the Mustang, and um, one of the one of the new things I have, I don't know if it was on that list, but was the headrests. And um, I make headrests. It's hard to explain what they are, but they they make the seat, they make the car, and um, I still have a deal on the table with Ford Motor Company. Uh, for that project. So, wow, that's pretty sick. That. Um, if you could tell me, I know it's going to be hard. God knows how many cars you've done. And forget cars. If it's not a car, if it's something else, what is the one job that you saw that you, that you did afterward and said, damn, th- this is my favorite project I've done. This stretched me out the most. This is the one I'm most proud of. Is there one project that gets that, you know, tag? Um, I think of a couple of vehicles, uh, when you bring that to mind, um, there was a company, um, called master image that we used to do builds for. There was a dually crew cut dually that we did. Anybody who's anybody in the trucking industry knows that truck from, from back in the day, we did a dice truck for him. We just, we got to go nuts. We could do full creative freedom of whatever I wanted. They would let me do. And, um, you know, those projects were fun. Uh, they got a lot of attention because they were crazy, a lot of fabrication. Um, another one that we did that did pretty good, I think, in the Rotters Journal was a, um, a 50 shoebox Ford. It was clean, timeless, perfect, and it got the award um, World's Most Beautiful Custom. Wow. That one will always sit well with me because that's quite an accomplishment. You know, although it wasn't our car, we were involved. And um, those special projects are what uh, we like being involved with. You know, we we got to do a giveaway car that Chip Foose designed, that we got to do total creative freedom on the interior. It was a giveaway for Cruising for a Cure. And um, that was when I brought out... um, interior that had the uh, grommets i forget what year that was but it was a long time ago but mm. this car turned out amazing nice 
in my intro, I touched you being on a bazillion shows for the sake of time. Please list the ones you've been on the most and the ones you had the most fun on. Um, overhauling, I think we did 10 or 12 cars for, um, we did, um, quite a few cars for chop cut rebuild. We started out doing cars for Jesse James when he was doing the monster garage way mm-hmm. back in the day. They just started that back up recently. Uh, Wheeler dealers too. Yeah. Wheeler dealers was recent. Um, Drew's dream car was recent. Master Mechanic was recent. Uh, SEMA Battle of the Builders was recent. Uh, my 57 Chevy was built on that. You know, and um, again, anytime you get to work with any of those guys, especially Chip, you know, his uh, amount of badassery just never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> just when you think, you know, you're good at something, you get to really watch a master do it. And it really, really keeps you humble. Wow. All right. So we have all those stories. We have all the shows. I'm going to name some people, maybe still a little bit of thunder here, but if you're going to add something to it, great. Give us a, I'm going to just name somebody. Give us a story, an anecdote, something funny, something exciting, something cool, something people maybe didn't know about them. Whatever comes to mind, I'm going to throw the name out and then you take over from there. Um, And I want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to, you mentioned him before, Jesse James, give us something on Jesse. Something on Jesse. Um, Jesse is uh, another talent that um, I enjoy working with. You know, we had a thing happen at, at my shop where one of my guys was um, wearing uh, wife beaters to work with his uh, lanyard hanging out and with his jeans and his whole little. And I was trying to explain to him that with the type of customers that we do business with, that doesn't really go over very well with them. We normally work with the hot rod guys. And um, my guy was a little upset. I was trying to tell him how to dress. Mm-hmm. And so the next day he came in dressed real preppy. And I thanked him and told him how important it was for our customers. Uh, an hour later, Jesse comes in and I hear over the loudspeaker, Revo, get to the front. And I go up to the front and it's my guy. And he goes, now, can I dress like the way I was yesterday? <laughs> and I said, What's your point? He goes, well, Jesse's coming in. You see what he's wearing? And I'm like, dude, don't ever let me tell you how to dress. I said, why aren't you wearing that wife beater and your jeans and your left? So, yeah, he, um, he was great to have in house. Um, you know, Alex, um, rest his soul was a good friend of mine. And, um, Alex was the one that got me introduced with Jesse and doing the monster garage, as well as a lot of these other shows he worked on. And, um, part of that, part of that story is that while they were filming at my shop, for the monster garage i was also doing dozens of seats for orange county choppers so jesse's got a great crew as well and his guys also have his back and it wasn't long ago i got a phone call asking what it was what why i had all these boxes in my shop from orange county choppers because that's their rivals right right you know i didn't think it was a big deal i just thought it was business the more business i can do the better for me but you also have to remember when you have friendships with these other guys you can rub them the wrong way and um you know jesse said you know hey how about um 
I keep you busy enough where you don't have to do their stuff. And I said, done, I'll send them all their stuff back, which I did. And Jesse kept me busy for a long time. The very wow. next car he sent me was uh, Kid Rock 64 Impala that we did a complete white leather interior in. But yeah, Jesse's been great for me, great for my company, and um, great guy to work for. Mm, that's a that's a good story. Um, okay, Ant Anstead, who is the main guy on Wheeler Dealer Master Mechanic. What do you got with him? So he uses me on all his stuff, all his personal stuff. He's got a lot going on. I was just asked to uh, actually move in house with um, his new company. That decision hasn't been made yet, but he's again, great guy, him and Mike, um, when we were filming at my last location, were nice enough to include my son in the filming and let him hold the prompter and call cut and action and all the cool stuff. But, Anytime I've done anything with Ant, Ant has his own way of doing things. I'm always on set. They have me as a technical advisor, and I'm always giving him as well as other people direction on how to do the, their jobs. Ant's always been real good about uh, working with me, uh, making sure that we have everything we need, everything set up, and giving, making sure we have the time to do it. Alex, on one of those projects for, for uh, Wheeler Dealers, they were real good at dropping cars off on Friday, expecting complete interiors pickup on Monday morning. <laughs> and these, are, these are projects where we can't even get things made. I remember making a phone call to Acme Auto Headlining, I'm friends with Bob in the back, and I explained the situation. I said, hey, I know it's Friday afternoon, but I got to have this car done ready for pickup Monday morning. And Bob said, be here in 20 minutes. I'll have it ready for you. I couldn't even drive there fast enough. He had it ready for me when I got there. Wow. Back to, back to working with great people and, and, and making the right connects and relationships. It, it really helps out when it comes time to, you know, get things done in crunch time. Definitely. No, nothing like, nothing like teamwork vendors you can rely on. That's a home run. Many of you guys are not going to know this guy and I'm not going to lie. I didn't know him either. So shame on me, but his name is Bud Brutzman. And oh, yeah. um, he's created and produced auto-based television shows for years. Um, what do you yeah. got on Bud? I know you guys are friends. You told me about him. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, so Bud, quite the character. Um, he's all business right up to the point where he's not. In my shop, we, uh, we all carry airsofts. And most people don't know where they're at. They're placed around the shop. We also carry them on our person whenever we're filming uh, overhauling and uh, we had simple rules. If you have on goggles or protective eyewear, you can be shot or shot at, right? (laughs) You're part of the game. And it wasn't very long till I got called out by bud asking me what the hell we were doing because he's finding all these little white things all over the set. And I said, Oh, it's just a little something we do in the background when people aren't looking, just, you know, kind of get our shots off. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, right here, I got my shotgun. Right here, I have this. Right here, I have this. He's like, what the hell? Where'd you get all that shit? And I said, oh, right up the street. He goes, get in the car. Drove me over there. He probably spent $1,000 buying a bunch of airsoft stuff and, <laughs> and was doing game on with us in our shop. And just having fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That dude is so aggro when it comes to, when it comes to having fun. He, uh, he's all about it. That's your guy. Yeah, he's, he's I like that. Guy. 
All right. We already talked about Chip and how amazing it was to work with him. Any fun stories or something different you can tell us? If not, you've given us enough. I don't want to keep putting you on the spot here. You know, Chip's that guy that um, if if I were to give him any kind of props, I would call him uh, king of hosts, uh, master fabricator, designing genius. Everything he does is next level. And I'm pretty good at what I do. I like to think I'm pretty good at designing. And we were working on a project for the the 57 Chevy for um, SEMA Battle of the Builders. And I got the design figured out for the inside of the Mustang I was doing for Ford. And so I showed him, I said, hey, Chip, you need to come over and check out this design I just came up with. How awesome is this? I'm putting this on the outside. I'm going to run these perf on the laser. And just... It, as far as I was concerned, it was it was finished. You it, you could not improve on what I already did. Mm-hmm. And then Chip says, "Why don't you take that outside shape and use that as your inner shape for your perforations?" And I was just like, "Man, you know, here I thought I was doing this thing where it's already at best." And I loved his idea, and that's what we did. And here's what was so cool about it. When you perforate, you can imagine how small those perforation holes are. Mm-hmm. But as leather dries and it shrinks and those things start to open up a little bit, you could see that shape. It's hard to see it before, but you can see that shape and you can identify that shape to the outer shape around it. It was just beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chip is by far, I, I, I got hundreds of stories of just how he makes everything look easy. It's next level, yeah. Next level. He, ne- he will next level everything you got. <laughs> All right. And we're going to close with one you already touched on. You've done this like three times to me already. You're stealing my thunder, but that's okay. You talked about Alex Anderson before, AKA Alex who, and I got to know Alex a little bit, had, you know, right. I don't know, half a dozen phone conversations, bailed me out of a jam once. And that's how we became friendly. Um, but this one's a little different. Earlier this year, Alex passed away. and. Right. You and I texted a little bit because I knew you, well, you really told me you were close with him. I knew you knew him, but I didn't know how close you were with him. Um, Take a second, if you will, if you can, but please give us a tribute to Alex, if you can. Whatever you can give us, put your heart on your sleeve with this one. And, you know, that would be, that would be tremendous. And hopefully someone in his inner circle and his family are listening to this because, you know, these kind of things are important um, that people aren't forgotten and that their loved ones left behind to realize how, you know, someone like Alex was, was revered and loved. And, you know, it's, it's nice to hear it. Yeah. He was, he was that guy. He was everybody's friend. Every, everybody knew him. And um, he was just as good to you as he was to me, as he is to everybody. He would do anything for everybody. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of the things he did for me, and I couldn't thank him enough. And every time I would thank him, I'd go out of my way to reach back out to him and tell him, hey, I really appreciate you putting my name in that. And they called me and I got this thing. And he's like, dude, you're my brother. I'd do that for anybody. Wow. And that's exactly that's what he would do. He would do yeah. that for anybody. You know, he, he he's always in different circles. And, and, and everybody from every circle has stories for him. You know, and, and when they did his little... Uh, celebration of life that was a real cool thing over at west coast you know just to see everybody that showed up for him and um 
you know, the, the tats they were giving everybody for Alex who, oh my gosh, dude, a lot of love going on there. It was, it was, it was incredible to see how much love that guy put in this world. Wow. They had a tattoo artist at the, at the party, at the event. Yes. Wow. Just hooking everybody up. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a definitely, that's a big thing to be honored like that by so many people and you know, people making time to, to do that, you know? Um, yeah. That's, and I like the celebration. I, I do like that. That's good stuff. Let's change gears and get you out of uh, some of these tough questions I've been hammering you with, but you've been looking to hire an upholsterer for years. You even talked about putting on your own school a decade ago um, to do it, just to find talent and cultivate talent. Why do you think it's so hard to find somebody? It's an industry-wide, you know, it's plagued the industry for years and it's just getting worse. Why do you think it's so hard to find somebody um, you know, that wants to work, wants to learn, has some skills out there. You know, it's, um, I, I, I blame the parents. No, <laughs> <laughs> you have to, right. Um, you have to a little bit, let's not hide from it a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I was teaching over at the urban workshop. I was teaching a sewing class there with the high hopes of teaching somebody who wanted to do this. Mm. And I taught there for several years and nobody ever did right there are a lot of maker spaces and um they're in there just to learn how to use the machine to do some small little thing but you know yeah i've got the whole curriculum written out for my own school that that we wanted to launch and yeah we haven't launched it yet but you know i, I think part of the problem and i was going to teach over where i was an alumni over at scrock but they ended up closing the whole program they said they couldn't get funding from the state and um you know I, I was letting them know what i thought the problem was they had a furniture instructor you know teaching upholstery and i said you know these kids want something that's exciting not how to redo grandma's couch they want yeah how can i do my car you know and um motorcycle seat something right and so th there has to be a way um to get something out here going on the, on the West coast. You know, I, I missed out on all the other classes that are going on that other people are, are doing, but um, you know, it doesn't mean I don't want to be there. You know, I, I would like to support those, those guys as well, because there's not a, enough guys. I, I see how many people show, how many people showed up 30 people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had Cato and Justin's last class. I think there was 25 total. I want to say 20 or 21 because a couple of the businesses had uh, two reps there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot that that's 25 more people than I, I know that people that want to learn this trade yeah. that, you know, actually want to, you know, go out and do it. it. It's, we are in, I think the best trade because the amount of money that we can charge is just ridiculous. You know, when I was in the Ford booth, um, I think, it was 2017. I was asked if I knew how much another interior cost. Hmm. And I said, I have no idea. They said, well, how much do you think? And I looked at it and they did a Mercedes carpet. They did a console. They did door panel inserts, seats front and rear. Well, how much can you charge for that? So I was just guessing, you know, I don't know who did it or where it was done. Different states, part of the country charge different amounts. And I'm like, I don't know, it seemed kind of simple, but I don't know, 10 grand, 15 grand, mm -hmm. more. I'm like, okay, 20, 25, more. 
uh, 30, 35, more, you know? So there's people out there, they're going to pay the money, you know? And I, I think per piece, I think it was about 40 grand or 50 grand. I forget how much it really costs, but for like five items, how do you price that? Each item's 10 grand. Yeah, how much for the carpet? 10 grand. How much for those door panels? Yeah. 10 grand. The inserts only. 10 grand. Hey, I guess if you can get it, you know, and if they're getting it, they're getting it. Yeah, my thought was the only way you can get that is, hey, we're booked. We can't fit it. Our SEMA schedules, my guys are tired. Well, how about if I give you 50 grand? Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you happens. could twist my arm a little bit on this one. I'm speculating, but that's 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 how that happens. Crazy. But, All right, pretty boy. It's good rapid fire hot seat time. Give me short answers. Basically, whatever comes to mind on the following questions, whatever pops in there. Ready to go? Yeah, okay. All right. Can you still play the drums? Absolutely. Favorite food? Uh, Mexican food. Celebrity crush growing up? It has to be Farrah Fawcett. Everybody. Who, who, would you who would you love to build an interior for? Kevin Hart. Okay. What's your dream car? One car, rest of your life. What is it? Old school muscle car, 69 AMX. All right. 69 AMX? Yeah. Really? Okay. What about exotic? What's your favorite exotic? Um, yeah, my favorite. Mm. You know, Lambo guy, Ferrari guy. Aston Martin. Okay. I actually went to their plant, the believe Vanquish? it or not, a million years ago. They're literally making everything by hand one at a time. It's sick. It was like 1926 in their plant, and I was there in 2001. Oh, I, I love Lamborghinis. I just saw one roll up, parked next to me. Top went down, hard top went up, and I'm like, how do I not have one of those? Yeah. I freaking love that car. Start charging more, dude. But they're still common, you know? So that's why I said, I'm not Vanquish, you know, Aston Martin. Yeah, the Aston Martins are bad. They're, they're bad bad vehicles, tell you that. Bad beast right there. Yep. Okay, if it's not you and you had to pick one guy or two or three guys, I don't want to put you in too much trouble, who's building your, your dream interior for you? Um, inside or outside the group? Yeah, let's just do outside the normal cast of characters that we all talk to. So no Bucks, no Shane, no, you know, Shannon, no, no, you know, Steve Kurzman, no Voss, none of those guys. Um, maybe. No Cato, uh, no Cato. Yeah, so maybe um, Griffin, maybe. Okay. He used to do all chip stuff. Yeah, he that buys from us. Or yep. That or um, Gabe. Yeah, you know? Gabe's. Yep, Gabe's has Gabe's has some flavor. Yeah. That's for sure. You know the you know the guys over at Gabe's. Yeah, I met him once, twice at the SEMA shows. Real nice crew, nice guys, humble guys, easygoing, very yeah. nice people. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of shops here. I know a lot of the guys. I mean, we got Bill Dunn around the corner, and um, there's a lot of lot of, lot of talent. Mm -hmm. uh, What's the fastest done? you've ever driven in a car? A car, 160. Right, you got me beat in the, in the 140s. Talked about that in a prior episode. but I, Motorcycle, I 180. Wow. Yeah, no, no motorcycles in this dojo. So no idea. I used to drive a Jixer most of my life. Oh, so. 
All right. This kind of stole my thunder from before, but you still look good in a Speedo? Uh, no. <laughs> you, still, you, still, you, you still look no. good without it? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Oh, God. All right. Let's finish with in this. In my dreams, I look awesome, though. I know. Yeah, I remember. I hate myself more and more every day. Right. Um, okay. Let's finish with this. You've done so much. We, that's what I really wanted the focus of this to be, just how versatile you are, how much you're involved with, how much you've done. Is there another direction? Is there a goal? Is there somewhere you see Stitchcraft um, moving forward? You know, is there another dream out there? Something, you know, another, I don't know, another path you want to take. Is there anything different? Is there something on your, on your radar? What do you, where do you see Stitchcraft, you know, 10 years from now? Yeah, so everybody knows I am the oldest guy in the group, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ten years? Uh, people are tired. <laughs> Come to brief me in the Bahamas. <laughs> Retired by 67 in the Bahamas. Okay, I like that. Don't be shy about it. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> you know, I don't really know. I-, I thought I did at one time, but I don't know. I always wanted to do something to honor my uncle with sports. I don't know what that is specifically. I thought at first it was going to be, you know, cutting edge, state-of-the-art basketball training. And it still might be. But I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Right now, I'm just staying where I'm at and we'll figure it out as we go. I can't do something parallel. I'm not good at juggling 15 different things. So I can't have those two things going, you know, work and taking on a big venture. It's not not in my Uh, DNA. If you got a family, you got to put that family time in. Yeah, no, I can't. I don't, that's not me. Um, yeah. But I'm. That's a good question. No one ever threw it back in my face. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. You, right, you were incredible. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Something I miss? No, oh, man. But that last question was good. I mean, you know, the the key word, especially in this in this world, is uh, knowing how and when to pivot. It's something that we all have to be aware of. You know what what's happening and you know where a car is going. And how long are we not going to even have them? You know what I mean? So in this ever-changing world, yeah, it's uh, that's a good question. What, you know, what you just got to be able to pivot. And You ready for the, uh, you ready for all this electric crap? You know, there's, I'm sure there's more, um, you know, challenges with, with, with all of that. But I think that, um, you know, they're, they're making everything differently. You know, they're, so sometimes our job is harder just because of how things are being made. Mm. You know, some, some sometimes it's easier, but you know, what happened to the old Volkswagen seats where there's, you know, three pieces on the bottom and three pieces on the back. They don't have those anymore. You know, last set of seats I did for a guy in a Volkswagen, it's like 120 pieces. Jeez. He, just, he wanted, Oh, I want this graphic like this and put this other type of material in and then add like a welt and then put over here a top stitch with that other look. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Plain, <laughs> simple, timeless. Oh, yeah. what crazy. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. Here's your bill. Enjoy it. Yeah, here's your bill. Check, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're we're on our 10-year anniversary, so, you know, I'll expect something substantial, um, you know, maybe some jewelry. Right? Yeah. We got to celebrate us, you know? But, uh, yeah. Hey, man, thanks for everything. You're a good friend. You're obviously a master craftsman. And um, thanks for coming on, dude. I had a great time. 
Hey, I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. It was good times. Good stuff, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right, brother. So what do you think? All good. You're happy with it? Yeah. I think I got to the core essence of you. You're good at frigging everything you do. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC Shop Talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.